And just like that, I'm back. Those of you that follow me on LinkedIn may remember that I wrote a post a little while back on the value of taking a break from things. My sentiment was that sometimes, sometimes, it's okay to take a break from something in order to fall back in love with it. Be that a person, a project, a country, a business. You can't miss something that's always there. I know that things have been quiet around playing the inner game lately, and the truth is, as much as I enjoy podcasting, interviewing, making new connections, I needed a little bit of time to step back, to check that I wasn't doing things out of habit instead of enjoyment. And as a solo creator with a full-time job and finite energy, I had a choice to make. I could churn out mediocre material just to stay on the content treadmill, or I could retreat, reassess, and hope that the creative itch returned. And so I chose the latter. I chose the latter option. And despite my radio silence over the last six months or so, I kept receiving inbound inquiries for executive coaching, for corporate training, for consulting. New people kept listening to the podcast. The downloads kept coming, though more slowly, they kept coming. And ego stroking and pomposity aside, it did remind me of the words of Julia Cameron, one of my favorite writers. Relax, relax. Let the world turn a few times without you pushing it. Let the world turn a few times without you pushing it. And so, the earth has turned on its axis enough times for me to spin back to where I was when I left you. Enthused, energized, excited to share interesting stories again, to serve and create value for others. In about 24 hours time, I'll be releasing the first episode of 2023. Before that, and rather than leaving you with my thoughts and my thoughts alone, I figured you might enjoy a very short clip from a conversation I had recently with the artist Sophia Hotong. It's a snippet from a longer episode I recorded for the Eurasian Society podcast, where I was invited to be guest host for a day. If you enjoy this little preview, be sure to listen to episode six of the Eurasian Society podcast in its entirety. It's over on Spotify. Sophia is genuinely inspirational and well worth listening to. So I've put the link in the show notes. In parting, I'll leave you with this aphorism. A short absence sharpens love. A long absence kills it. I hope that the podcast has returned just in time. It's, it's tricky. I used to be, I'm much better now and it lingers and I don't think anyone ever completely overcomes anything, but I used to be such a people pleaser. I used to stress so much about what people thought of me. And I don't, I think a lot of Hong Kong girls or girls in general are very, very preoccupied with how they come across. They want to be seen, seen as nice and helpful and smart and productive. And all I wanted in college and as like a young grad and the corporate world, I just wanted me- people to think I was really nice. I was fun to work with, I, but I was also smart and quick and was going to get stuff done. And I, that was the pressure I put on myself, which led me to burn out. I was never doing enough work. I was never um, sending enough emails or making enough contacts or helping my boss enough or being useful. And I really, really had to unlearn when I got sick and couldn't do anything that not only 
people weren't thinking about me in bed going, oh, she's so useless now. She's not helpful. <laughs> and But people weren't thinking, oh, she's helpful. People weren't thinking. People all. are not thinking about you. And when I realized that no one's thinking about me, that could be read as really upsetting, but it felt so liberating to realize no one cared. If someone saw an Instagram post I made, great. They'll scroll past, they'll forget that the last post they saw was mine. And to realize that no one actually cares that much is really, really nice. And also, even if they do remember you or do care, they're not judging you because chances are you're relatable in some way, whether you're stressed or whether you're busy. Or if you're not replying to a text, they probably have an understanding that you're doing something. It's so nice to finally just operate in a world where you are understanding of people rather than judgmental and you assume that they are understanding of you. Yeah. And one thing that I found really, really useful to internalize is I used to feel like I had to account for everyone's feelings. Mm -hmm. So like, let's say right now you looked at your watch. I'd be like, oh my God, am I going on too long? Am I going? And I'd start to like in my head think they're trying to communicate in a subtle way that I'm talking too much and that, and I just snowball this and get anxious and then make it weird. Now, if someone has an issue with me or doesn't like something, they can communicate that in plain English and I will absorb that and take the feedback, great. And being able to just offload all the pressure I was putting on myself most of the time imagined yeah. to um, if it's a really, really nice thing to realize that no one's thinking about you. Yeah. The flip side is as an artist, my art relies on people thinking about me. Mm -hmm. I need people to, need to think about me, reaction. like what I'm doing yeah. and then pay me to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I find it tricky and overwhelming sometimes to not pay attention to the numbers, whether it's the follower account, the number of likes on a post, the amount of money I made, how many commissions I'm getting, how many like interview requests I get. I, did, I find it very hard not to quantify that. But honestly, if you ask me now, like how many followers I have, how many likes on my latest post, like projects I have going on, I very, very deliberately don't count because if I start counting, it becomes a snowball you won't of be able stress. To stop. Yeah, so I really, really try not to focus on the numbers. I try to focus on individual connections I have with real people who I know and love and who love me back. And that served me well. So it might be unscientific, but I really, really don't want to get into a space where I'm measuring my value as a human being on the Instagram follow account, especially when, you know, all these companies are going up <laughs> right now. Who knows if Instagram's going to be around, but it, it's just a refocusing of what makes you valuable yeah and numbers don't make me valuable yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really glad to hear you, hear you say that's like music to my ears because hey. i haven't i again i've similar to you i've come to the conclusion that it's just a bad idea for me to look at the download numbers for the podcast yeah i know roughly and i'm i know broadly speaking the numbers are pretty good but i'm not following them day by day people ask me i'm like i, I don't know yeah I, I don't know like exactly how many just it's better not to count focus on the quality of the work and as you said the quality of the interaction with the yeah. other person across from you right exactly it's going to be a it's going to be a better outcome anyway if you yeah. do that um i'd love to move into some of the final questions regarding principles and, sure. and kind of life life philosophy um <laughs> to not to put too much pressure <laughs> no, on it what's the deep. philosophy of your entire life <laughs> in one sentence um what what are some of the principles if you can distill it in, into one or two that you try to permeate through all of your work yeah Honestly, I hadn't been able to crystallize this idea 
until very recently. I was talking to, there's a lovely lady in Hong Kong called Felicity McRobb, shout out. She's shout just great. She's, I met her through work when I was working as a teacher and she's sort of become my mentor and she's a lovely, lovely person. And I was chatting with her after the Affordable Art Fair and I had made the most money I'd ever made in one go through the Affordable Art Fair. I sold out my artwork. I was so excited. Yeah, it sold out and quick. Yeah, four hours. <laughs> shout out to Young Soy Gallery. But basically... Um, it was like the biggest high my career had ever had. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was still stressed out mm. and still feeling like, right, how do I take advantage Capitalize of, of the yeah. press and the publicity? What am I going to do now? Da, 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 da. And I was talking to Felicity about it. And I was telling her how anxious I was that I wasn't making the most out of all the exposure. And she asked me, when will it be enough? And I was like, what do you mean? And she said, well, when will you have enough? Like, when will you be able to say... I've done enough and I have enough and I am enough. And I really couldn't put a number on it. And I said, well, maybe if I sold out all the art. And she was like, no, no, no. But genuinely, what's a realistic enough checkpoint for you? And I couldn't name anything because I realized that there was always more I could be doing. And I said, well, you know me, there's like always more I could be doing. She's like, no, no, stop like making a joke out of it for a second. Like, just be real. What is gonna be the point where you are happy with what you're doing and I realized I've never been at a point where I can dust my hands off and go well I'm happy now I'm constantly not satiated by what I'm doing even when I'm breaking my own like records and I realized that as I was now even before the affordable art fair I was totally fine I was I had enough and I did enough right and I was enough and I just hadn't acknowledged it. And so now I really, really try to approach work and life with a comfort in turning down opportunities, in saying no, in not pushing myself to do everything, in not trying to please everybody, because I really, really do feel 98% of the time (laughs) that what I'm doing now is enough for me. If If it never grows more than this, great i've had a Mm -hmm. wonderful time had a good ride yeah enough people like me that i have a wonderful network and i have a lovely partner and i love my parents and all this sort of stuff and um and i have enough like i can live and function and i can pay rent and for food and my medical expenses i'm really okay and it's again like i was saying it's one of those things where as soon as you stop trying you get what you want and i'm so fortunate because i also know this isn't Obviously, there are people who don't have enough, and that's real. But if you are in a job and actually quite comfortable, Hong Kong especially can sometimes make you feel like there's always someone more successful than of you. Course. Always someone richer yeah. than you, cooler than you, more popular than you. And it doesn't matter. If you have enough already, you're, you're fine. And it's hard to internalize that. It's hard to undo the years of society telling you to buy more, be more. But... I think I'm getting better at really living my truth and stuff like that. It sounds so corny, but honestly, it it really has helped me to just not care as much. 